Hi there, and welcome to Mind Your Mind. My name is Nina van Essen. I'm your host. I'm an opera singer. I'm from Holland, and I currently live and work in Germany. I started this podcast to talk to like-minded creatives about how they keep their mind fresh, sharp, and focused. And so if you are an artist or a student or no artist at all, but you're interested in what goes on in an artistic life and what an artist need in order to stay on the game, then this is your podcast. The podcast will be in interview form and in English and mostly recorded on a distance because we're still compromised by the pandemic. I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to Erik Bosman. He's a family friend of mine, and I absolutely adore what he does. He works for theater as a costume designer, And together with his husband, he owns a fashion brand called Devastator. Welcome, Erik. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What does a typical work week look like for you? Well, that depends a bit on which stage of the uh, process we're in. But usually when we're on a production, I'll sketch what we're doing in a week of production, you know, when we're re rehearsing and stuff, working towards uh, opening night. In the first weeks before opening night, I have regular working hours. I work from, well, sort of nine to five. And my days are filled with uh, having talks uh, with the director, with the staff, uh, with the set designer, you know, to talk about what the show, what the performance is going to be like. I find images and I make a sort of um, a collage. A collage, yeah, because I don't usually draw a lot of uh, designs because I think it's better to have a a, a good at atmosphere. Yeah. And then I start. Uh, well, I work in the atelier of uh, Theater Rotterdam. Yeah. What I always do is start um, with rehearsal costumes because. Yeah can give you a really good idea of if uh, things are going to work or not. And then gradually we build up and I go to see a lot of rehearsals, of course, and talk and talk to the actors or the dancers and see what they're like, you know, get a nice. feeling. Yeah. So do they also have a say in your process? Um, well, in the beginning they don't actually uh, because... Uh, we want to have uh, make an atmosphere with uh, the director, with the dramaturg, mm. with the set designer, you know. So, uh, of course, I'll, I'm always open to input from the dancers or actors. I'm saying dancers now because the last show we did was uh, uh, actually a dance uh, performance. Yeah, I was I was wondering if you work with singers, actors, dancers. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, nice. Which yeah. is great, yeah. The last show actually was a sort of a theatrical hip-hop uh, performance. Nice. So something really different from traditional classical acting, you know? So uh, Yeah, it needs to be comfortable, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, it's nice to have a completely different 
outtake on theater, you know, it's, uh, it's almost without lyrics. It's only, uh, there were a few spoken words items, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so that's completely different because you, you don't have, um, usually when you're, when you're doing a play, you know what the play is going to be like, you know, there is, yeah. a but when you do a dance performance, you don't know anything except for the theme or, you know, yeah. So it's quite a different uh, approach to it, but it's really uh, challenging, but also very nice. Yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. It's very different from my perspective as an opera singer, because the libretto and the music that's written is oftentimes performed in a traditional way, since it's, of course, written many, many generations ago, centuries even. And also, regie-wise, there's pieces that we call, so to say, uh, standard repertoire pieces that are performed in a certain traditional way. And even more now, stage directors are throwing in a completely different view without losing the idea of the story that could be super modern or from a totally different century. Yes, and I must say that... um... Lately, well, maybe for the last decade, uh, also even in big shows, uh, that the rehearsal process is quite um, organic. You know, mm. there's lots of stuff that isn't that isn't set yet, which yeah. is, is really challenging because you have to be uh, able to go with the flow and you have to be aware that you know that you have to put in your foot when you have to or have to bend when you have to, you know, because it's very much teamwork. And you say that this is something more from the last couple of years than, I don't know how you how long you work in theatre. Well, I've been working now for 25 years, so that's quite a long time. And that's in the beginning, long. when I didn't uh, design yet, well, I, I made the costumes, I was like a, a costumer. Um, the designer, she, uh, she was usually uh, she was a she, came in and she had the drawings of the characters and you were going to make them and then yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. So that's it. Yeah. Everything was set before, but now that doesn't work like that anymore. It's like tr- uh, sort of trial and errors, looking which way you have to go, finding out stuff, and then. Uh, things change in the set, you know, and then you have to think about, well, if the set changes, maybe the costumes aren't right for this set, you know, so it's, um, you have to be very flexible. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. So when did you get, when did you go into theatre and why? Well, actually, it was quite a, a pragmatic reason and I went into the theater because I did uh, art school and then I graduated and it was a really bad time to get, you know, get a job. Mm. So uh, there was a vacancy in the, in the theater, but that was uh, to be a dresser, you know, yeah. so actually yeah. I started as a dresser. Okay with the education that I had and gradually I worked my way up to, uh, well, to be a designer now. So it's, it's been a long journey, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. 
So when you finally got to the theater, to the job that you always wanted, did you have any big expectation versus reality moments? Oh, yeah. Well, um, for sure. Of course, when you um, look at the travel I made, which I described just now, that's a lot of re reality checks that, uh, you know, it took me a really long time to get where I'm now. But mm -hmm. looking behind it, for me, it was all maybe for the better that it went the way it, it did, you know, mm -hmm. because... Um, I must say I've been very hesitant about what I wanted to do in my life. Uh, yeah. And then maybe at the moment when I decided to give up my, uh, my well, not my drive, but my ambition to be a, a costume designer, uh, things started happening for me. That was really... Um, uh -huh. When I let go and I thought, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to make costumes and I really like making costumes. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. And then um, when I accepted that, things started turning for me. Oh, that's interesting. It's kind of like letting go and the uh -huh. energy just started flowing. Yes. Yes. That's very interesting. Yes. And um, so you do also design fashion. Yes. Uh, I have a, a label together with my husband it's called devastator and we do it in our spare time because well i have a full-time job and so does uh, Arai, he's my husband yeah so we work uh, for this label on saturdays and okay so this is really a saturday side thing for the for the both of you yeah we don't consider it as a side thing in in the mind you know but it's a side right. thing in time yeah because it's uh, quite important to us and we really want we're, we want to push it forward and we're having plans to make it a little bigger. But we do it very, very gradually because, well, we don't need to push it. So why should we? That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Do, do the, does the, the one thing help the other, the fashion Absolutely. and the theater? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I did fashion school, but what I really actually didn't like about fashion was the world um, surrounded by fashion, which is quite pushy, you know, and okay. quite egotistic, maybe. Well, mm -hmm. that's how I experienced it. So I was, I was very happy to um, join the theater because the theater, in the theater, you can create a different world and it's more uh, more like teamwork you know yeah you do stuff together and it's it's not well i wouldn't say it's not entirely about egos because you always have egos but mm -hmm. the um, the idea of creating something which is unique together with you know like 10 to 50 people that's to yeah. me the best thing in the world i can imagine and that yeah. i i imagine that the team you have for a production is bigger than what you have when you design fashion. Yes, because that's just the two of us. We design yeah. and, and make the clothes uh, ourselves. All together. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. But it's so, also very nice to be very, um, you know, uh, what I like about the teamwork in the theater is also maybe 
sometimes you have to put water in the wine, you know. Uh, mm. And uh, with the devastator, we can do exactly what we feel like because nobody is telling us what to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you get a bit the beauty of both. Yeah, and it's also uh, mutually inspiring because our fashion sometimes tends to be a little theatrical. Mm -hmm. But I then I find out things for Devastator, which I can use for the theater and vice versa. So that's really a win-win for us. Yeah. Great. That sounds amazing. I can imagine that when you work for a theater, that even though on the stage you personally are not in the spotlights, and as you say, you have to work with many different opinions and something like an already written concept, But I assume that's very different when you design fashion, since that's really your vision. Yes, and art eyes, of course. Yeah, But I think okay, I, 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 I like it both. You know, I'm I'm very blessed to have the combination of both because I really, maybe, um, as a costume designer, one of the most important things you have to do is listen to the different people you know you have to mm. listen to the actors listen to the dancers you have to be smart about the choices you make you know you mm. have to know when you have to really um push your own ideas because maybe you know you have to stand up for your ideas but you also have to know when to be more flexible and maybe quiet and it's uh, like a very um shall i put it uh You have to be, I think, sort of, you have to know people. And mm. it's uh, timing is very, very um, important. The timing of when to make a new idea of, you have to feel what's happening in a group. Is the group open for new suggestions or not, you know? So uh, mm -hmm. that's a really big part of, uh, of the trade, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're uh, maybe... Like you say, in the fashion world, you say that it's a bit more egocentric and a bit more self-centered, I guess. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. now I'm talking about the business in general, you know, uh, mm. or how I experienced, experienced it uh, 30 years ago. But now for Devastator, we started this uh, Devastator like three years ago, three and a half years ago. Because we really, well, we both like fashion also a lot, you know, not mm -hmm. really fashion, but we like clothes and we like, um, um, can't find a word here. We like, um, what you call it? Fakmanschap. Craftsmanship. So do you have any source of inspiration or multiple ones that initially created the love for design or that made your love for design grow? Yeah, when I went to um, art school, that was the beginning of the 90s, um, I was really loving like the Japanese designers. Mm -hmm. I really love uh, Yamamoto and also Rei Kawakuba from uh, Comme des Garçons. Uh, they were inspiring then and still now. I really like uh, Martin Marghiela for his conceptual fashion. Okay. Yeah, and they're still very inspirational, I must say. Yeah. Nice. In the theater where you work, how many shows 
do you produce in an average season? Well, we're, we're, we're living in a very strange time now. Obviously. True. There is no average season now, but the last, uh, well, normal season, which was now two years ago, we had, um, but that was our max, we had 20 productions. Okay. From very small to very big, you know, and well, this year we did, because we were allowed to rehearse again uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, yeah, everything is so turned upside down, so I can't really uh, speak about productions now, because we did mm -hmm. like uh, a series of tracks uh, through the theater. Mm -hmm. So they were f very uh, ad hoc, you know, they were very uh, only then, mm -hmm. but still a lot of work. and. But on average, I would say 10, 15 productions a year. Okay. Well, we, I, we don't design them all, you know, it's... Um, do you do co-designing with other designers sometimes? Well, sometimes, well, we can't do it all, of course, because then I hate doing um, different productions at the same time because I really want to be focused on one. Mm. And me neither. Uh, <laughs> well, we also have uh, external external designers that come in, you know. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Sometimes you have really big productions, and they take a lot of time. And sometimes it's more like a styling subject, you know. Yeah. So after a big project, a big production, do you have like a bit of an aftershock, like a? a drained feeling or self-criticism when you worked on something very hard? Um, that's an interesting question. I'm tired, of course, because, you know, the, uh, the weeks leading up to opening night, they're um, exhausting, mm. in, both in time-wise uh, as in intensity, you know, because uh, everything has to come together and you make long hours. So I'm really tired, but... Um, um, when it's been, when the premiere has been, you know, it's, I can let it go really easily. That's good. You know, when you have to, you have the deadline and then uh, usually I'm, I'm quite one, I like, to, I like to finish things as early as possible. Usually it doesn't work, but sometimes it does, you know, mm. and when it's done, it's done. You know, I I can accept that you did everything you can, and in in the time you've been given. So, what else could you have done? And yeah. of course, I'm not. Every time, I'm not uh, equally pleased. You know, sometimes I think it's it turned out really well, and sometimes, yeah, okay, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you, do you feel like you're still growing every time you take on a new project? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what I like about my career being sort of bumpy, you know, because I, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm still, um, I have the feeling that only just now at 61, I'm finally sort of getting where I want to be. <laughs> so wow. that's, for me, it's, um, it's very nice because I see people with big careers that have my age, that have seen it all and done it all, you know, they're maybe a little less eager. Mm. So that's uh, something that's been, um, you know, an advantage uh, 
to a disadvantage that I had, you know, taking so long to get here. So, yeah. And yeah. with here, you mean by doing well, both things you love? Yes. Yes. And be, uh, being um, acknowledged for it. That's also... That's well, a big thing. Yes. Yeah. And that took, so to say, long or longer because you felt like you had to make many mistakes or meet the right people? Uh, it took long because um, maybe that's because of the position I was in, being a costume maker and also being a designer, that the being the designer part also was related to, to being the costume maker. The two were probably always kind of related to each other and that must have been not always easy for your image since it's always easier for people to see you as just one thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but um, when I let go of this idea, you know, from uh, the idea of um, absolutely having to be a costume designer, I gradually became one and I could see myself as one. So during your studies preparing for going into professional, was that maybe also a thing that you had lots of ideas about how, where you should go and what you should be and what you're supposed to achieve? I think so, yes. But I must say that it's been more of an impediment, more of a hindrance than of a, a goal that I set out to reach, you know? Yeah. But maybe that's a very personal intake. But for me, uh, not knowing where I'm going and then looking back um, at where I am, that works better for me than uh, pushing my ambition, you know? Mm, because then you get rigid? I Yeah, maybe. Maybe I get... Um, uh, yeah, I get rid of it. Yeah, that's maybe a right word. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just uh, trying to to somehow relate to it. it. Also in connection to, you know, maybe saying something useful for people who are still um, in school or mm -hmm. finding their way in, mm -hmm. in professional field. Yeah. That I also, for example, maybe in school would have loved someone to have picked my mind on how do you set certain goals and how do you set expectations for yourself without being damaging without being you know setting them right setting them from a accepting kind of view um i don't know did you feel like someone was helping you with that during school or right after that um uh, actually no <laughs> no I must say, I wasn't very pleased in art school with, um, well, we were sort of left uh, left out in the open when we graduated, you know. I had no clue what to do, not no clue whatsoever. You know, I, I think well, we're talking 30 years ago now, so it's, um, I think mm -hmm. times have really changed and, and uh, educations have become a little bit more practical oriented you know mm. uh, when I graduated I had no clue whatsoever what to do so that was a really a, a really dark uh, period for me mm. yeah and now if you would 
give your younger self just starting out an advice? What would that be? Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, but I think it's um, everyone's choice, you know, and it's everyone's very personal view. But for me, it didn't work to have the really big ambition, which I had, you know, and then being frustrated that it's not um, coming together in the pace that I wanted it to be. Yeah, I can totally relate to this. I think in my field, what I have missed personally is the necessity to shape and and create a strong mindset that will help you throughout your career. That is something you need to be taught. You need to build it. Well, and, I think uh, it's probably, um, apart from the skills that you actually learn, it's the most important thing to do. You know, for, for better and worse, I, I found out myself, but it would have been a lot easier if... Uh, if I had some support in it, you know? And how, just in some basic steps, how, how would you say you did that? Well, first of all, I, I repeat, not panicking. You know, when things don't go the way uh, they are supposed to go, know what, you, what, you, what you're good at, what you like best, you know? And if you like it, um, then you will find the determination to pursue it. And they will fall. Things will fall at their place. Yes. And don't give up, you know, don't give up. Did you ever have the feeling you wanted to? Yes. Yeah. I've had it. Um, well, I, I've had it quite a couple of times, especially in the, the periods after my graduation, in which I didn't, you know, it, nothing worked. I had a really bad, bad time, bad period for maybe two or three years. But I still loved what I was doing, you know. So that's why I took took the job as a dresser in the theater, which is... You know, what was that like? Well, it was hard because it was not what I wanted to do. But I, I thought it's better than nothing, which is a, quite a ne negative thing to, um, to say. But, you know... Um, I thought uh, now I have something to have my foot in, you know? It's, mm -hmm. um, I understand, yeah. It did probably give you your first connection to theater. Yeah, but it was quite a humbling experience, you know? I pursued it anyway because, um, and this is uh, very, well, it doesn't sound very positive, but it's better than nothing for me, you know? But still... Um, I did it, and um, now I'm quite happy in where I am, you know, so it's... Yeah, uh, I mean, all, all those things have have had their reason, and they've been steps, steps forward, yeah. even maybe in that time you didn't see them as that. Yes, I didn't, um, and you were right, they were steps in the right direction, yes. yeah. Um, especially in the last show we did, which is called Riots. Um, this is exactly what I did because I am um, the costume designer, but I, I had talks with uh, the director and the dramaturg and um, 
we inspired each other mutually. So because of what the dramaturg uh, proposed, uh, I started thinking about historical costumes for the hip hop dancers, you know? So, mm. and maybe... Um, so you, you were free to do that? Yes, yes, then they, they, um, they liked it a lot, you know? So what you say, um, um, for me, more the opposite was the case, you know, um, in allowing to uh, step into other fields. Nice. Yeah, that was great because there are uh, other pr productions where, where there's a, a more defined area where you have the set designer, you know, and the choreographer and you have the costume designer, you have the light designer. But I think when it's going really well, it it should be very, um, um, I can't find the words, I'm thinking now. <laughs> mm -hmm. It should be very organic, you know, and people should be inspired by each other, you know, and mm. except for um, I'm the costume designer, so I don't get to say anything about the light, you know. Mm. And luckily, we're working with a team of people that know each other uh, quite well. So I can, I can tell the light designer, maybe uh, this light is not, you know. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. And if you trust, uh, if there's trust, you can, you, can, you can say these things, you know. So. so you feel a bit like a family. I know from theater that's how I experience it a bit. But maybe it's different for you. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> The family with the the pros and the cons of the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so when you say something like typical traditional theater or something where you can go completely wild into as as wild as you want to be on that scheme, where do you feel most safe? Well, um, probably more on the wild side, but not entirely, because I must say the last show. Uh, that was for me quite wild because everything I suggested was, you know, fine. Because usually you get some feedback and say, I like this, I don't like this. And then you have a direction. But the last show, everything was just great. So then I did. <laughs> everything can be great because I just throw things at you and everything is okay. But now I'm, I'm not sure what I'm doing, you know, mm. see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it's it's the ideal situation where everyone is on the same wavelength and yeah. you have a good communication and you can everyone is mutually inspired and invested. Yes. And uh, does that happen more often or more often? Yeah, not? almost almost always, I must say. Nice. You're all you're all working together as good as possible, you know and. Yeah, uh, I must say that um, as a costume designer, I'm very um, aware of the fact that what I do is only a supporting act. You know, it's it's mm. it's uh, everything is um, to support to make a product that is as good and as possible. Yeah, true. Where if we have a show and people say, "Oh, I love the costumes," that's probably not a very good show. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, that's not what I want. I don't want to claim like a lead part. Not at all. Not at all. 
No, it's good when everything comes together, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where you feel like they have all, you know, the the stage director, the lights, the uh-huh. the whole team has communicated so well that the whole idea stands out very clear. Yes. Yeah, or I must say in the last uh, production, nobody actually was knew where things were going because that, w- that was quite a new team. But that, that's also very exciting because then you're actually creating something new, you know? You, yeah. you don't know where you're going. And um, of course, that, uh, every now and then that makes for a lot of hesitations or what are we doing now, you know? But when you see that finally things come together, that's that's the best feeling, you know? It's, uh... Yeah, that's what theater is about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's something that's, you know, theater is such a, a life phenomenon, you know? Even when you have a show, uh, when you have a live show, and you have uh, five shows in a row and people have re- rehearsed it and they've played it for for months maybe and then every show is different different yeah that's what i love about theater yeah me too do you see a lot of the shows well you know uh when we do 20 shows a year you can't even see every show you know? no no i mean <laughs> you do you i guess you're always at the premiere and then yes. maybe one more time with the other yeah, something like that and then go to the dernier or you know um i must say that's something that i've learned over the years is not to of course i'm involved and i give it all but uh, that was something I had to get used to in the beginning uh, very much is that uh, you create the sort of the family idea and then you, uh, you, you spend two months or three months together and then um, we leave and then it's over, you know. Mm-hmm. That was so hard for me in the beginning because it's, um, I felt it was a really harsh world you know I wanted to keep the people mm. together but that's something that I had to learn over the years to you know to leave and uh, not look back <laughs> I understand yeah. art can only be made from this everything or nothing kind of idea especially if it's if it's yeah. good with lots of crazy people doing uh, it. yes <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you create some sort of performance bubble as well mm-hmm which also for the performance, I know how, how sometimes you're away from home and... Uh... It's, it's a home, but it's a very temporary home, you know? It's, yeah. it's a home for two months. And then, um, yeah. But you work with the same team mostly uh, throughout the whole season. It, it, I mean, the people who, who make your designs and, and the lighting and... The sound people, yeah. they're all the same people. Technicians. Um, on the atelier, we're two. Me and my my best colleague ever for 25 <laughs> years. And then we have the different directors. Uh, there's like six or seven directors now uh, or companies directing in uh, Teatro Rotterdam. So we, you know them, but there's always different uh, actors or dancers, you know, so... They change yeah. a lot. They change a lot. Yeah. But that's also what I like. Yeah. Because I always say I never have to find 
another job because the other jobs come to me all the time, you know? Yeah, I, I totally understand. Yeah. 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 And where would you still want to grow to? Well, um, maybe in the future, I would like to make the ultimate combination of Devastator, which is fashion and theater. And there is something in the pipeline that maybe <clears throat> maybe we're going to be asked to do big productions with Devastator as wow. designers. So That's that would cool. be a really um, a step upward for us. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So then you would be working. I mean, you already work with your husband, but then more, I guess. Yeah. Is, is how is that to work together? Well, you know, we've we've been together for twenty years now, and uh, working together gives a, a really different vibe. We're, we're we're very good together, but and um, it was a bit of a a guess if we could also work together because we never done it, done it before. But it goes it goes really well. Although I must admit, we never fight. But when we're working, there there are some differences of opinion every now and then, <laughs> which don't occur in the daily life. So yeah, I can imagine it's it's a setting where opinions are stronger, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's now it's going great and. Um, Nice. We love doing it, even if it's our free, uh, free uh, spare time, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, Great. it's rewarding. I wanted to ask you your favorite inspirational or helpful quote or quotes. Okay. Um, if you have one. Yeah, well, I, I, I have, um, in the atelier, I have some quotes um, beside the computer. And they're they're uh, called uh, Zen things to do, mm. um, and they really helped me. I had I was burned out uh, ten years ago because of work, because of too much work, you know. Okay. And um, the quotes that they really helped me sort of um, um, put my foot back on the ground. And the uh, one thing, the, uh, there is sort of like 10, 10 quotes uh, behind each, uh, each other. And the first one is, uh, do one thing at a time. Mm. And then the second one is, do it slowly and deliberately. Mm -hmm. The third one is, do it completely. And the fourth one is... Take rest between, well, take breaks. Yeah, good one. And there is one. Is that hard for you? Well, that was that was really hard for me. There was a reason. Um, when you're so uh, eager to, when you're so happy in your job and you're so eager to do it all, you know, um, you can do it all if it's too much. So now when I'm feeling that I'm getting uh, too busy, you know, I do less. Mm. That's, that's, that, that works for me. So you have to make that deliberate choice to take something off your plate. Yes. Well, do less or do it slower or do, uh, 
because when you have the, um, when you feel the urge to get it all finished in time and do because um, you have a, a deadline and you're gonna when I when I feel this this uh, sort of anxiety uh, entering my mind, I think okay now I'm here, do less now. Yeah, because the anxiety very rarely helps, does it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you become very ineffective when you're, when you're just, you know, wandering about, uh, like in the Dutch, you would say, with a chicken, uh, as a chicken without a head, you know, mm -hmm. and being very busy, but not actually doing anything, you know, so. Mm -hmm. uh, and do you then also procrastinate things? No, not really. No. Okay. I I like to I like to do it when I'm not at work, you know, just when you're in a train just looking outside or stuff, but like really progressive. It uh, I don't do it in in the job I have now. Great. Because I have found a way of just getting started. Great. That sounds good. So that was your fourth one. Yeah, and the fifth one was do less. <laughs> <laughs> and also find meditation in simple things like cooking and cleaning and stuff that you don't necessarily want to do. So if you, if you, if you do them uh, while mindfully, they become not chores, but they become, you know, things of uh, daily routine that are also important. Mm -hmm. Calming, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they, well, they have to be done. And um, I can, I think, much better accept of really simple things that are not very glamorous, but that you have to do anyway, you know? So mm. that are also part of the job. Also, literally, you know, uh, Today we are cleaning up the stock. We have a really big stock uh, in the basement. And today I moved uh, a thousand pairs of shoes. <laughs> it's also cool. part of the job. Yeah, but it's also very rewarding. It's not the nicest thing to do, but when you do it, it's, uh, you can find some joy in it as well. So since it's the title of my podcast, Mind Your Mind, what is the thing that you have to mind your mind from doing mostly? Rushing, um, I think. You know, when you're in a, in a process of a production, there are, you always have uh, like setbacks, you know, when you really wanted to have something like a costume that you really liked and it's going to be great. And then the people, it's, well, it just doesn't work, you know, mm. for, and then... Um, I have to uh, mind myself not to become too disappointed, you know? Mm. And I can do it, I think, better than I used to. Mm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. I enjoyed talking to Eric very much, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation too. Next time, I will be chatting to two opera singers, soprano Haley Clark and mezzo-soprano Angela Brower. They will come in and talk about their favorite mindset books and how they have inspired and helped them. I will bring some of my favorites and it's bound to be really, really cool. Don't miss it and stay healthy and artistic.